If you're looking for a clean, sober, professional, academic, well-researched, historically accurate, generally accurate, serious podcast on Southern folklore, ghosts, bizarre events, and unique people, this podcast is not for you. However, if you've decided you can live with that, then join us for The Strange South. Hi, Patrice. <laughs> I'm a little nervous about today. So I'm, I'm nervous now, too. <laughs> <laughs> I, and I'm nervous, and I'm so glad this drink's pretty strong. Tell, <coughs> tell mm-hmm. everybody what we're, <laughs> what we're having. Yeah. Well, what, what did we add to our vodka? Because we're mostly drinking vodka. <laughs> yeah, I added more vodka to it. So it's vodka with a hint of extra vodka. Extra vodka. It's um, it's a gimlet that like, and the recipe I pulled from um, like Dixie Vodka's website. Uh, and we're not. I apologize, but we're not drinking Dixie Vodka because they didn't have it at my ABC store. Um, and I'm a Stoli loyalist, so that's what we're having. But it called for like an ounce and a half of vodka to an ounce of lime God. juice, like freshly squeezed lime, and a pinch of cayenne. Mm-hmm. And, and it did call for simple syrup, but we didn't have any. And I don't usually drink simple syrup with Gimlet. So I was like, oh, fuck that. We'll just do it this way. And then I drank it and I was like, oh my God, lime juice. So <laughs> yeah, it's pretty, um, it's, it's, but acidic. I love sour. It's very acidic. Yeah. I love sour. My stomach is probably going to hate me. For That's it. what I was just thinking. I was like, this might kill me later, <laughs> but I had to add more vodka because I like my Gimlet's to taste like vodka. So we added more vodka and a little bit of water and, um, and more, more cayenne pepper. Yes. The cayenne actually is a nice touch to it. I oh, like it's a it. great, it's a great touch. So that's what, that's what we're having. So it's. And thank God I'm going first. I know. I'm there's fucked. No way. I'm <laughs> fucked. That this story would happen <laughs> with me. Like, I'm totally in my glass after. Yeah, this is not, like, there's not a lot in here. So it's like, this is not a sip and drink. And, mm. well, I mean, it is a sip, right. but I don't sip. See, that's the real problem. Yeah, <laughs> so. that, that's the problem. Me too. I, I don't mm. sip as well. <clears throat> um. Okay, so some post-mortem stuff. And y'all, if you want, the, here's some post-mortem right here. If you want the recipe to what we're drinking each episode, sign up for our newsletter. Woo. And you can do that by going to the website, uh, our website, not the website, but our <laughs> website, <laughs> thestrangesouth.com. And there should be a pop-up that automatically annoys you saying, sign up for our newsletter. Um, so just throw your, all we're asking is for your email and um each episode, we put pictures and links and recipes to what we um, had during that episode. And so it has a lot of information. 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 Information, information <clears throat> in it. If you don't see the pop-up, there is also um, a little form on the sidebar, side menu that you can drop your email into. Um, so yeah, so if you want our recipes, go ahead and do that. If you or want our super cool pictures, our super cool pictures, because we really load it up um, <clears throat> with all the pictures that we find. Because that's usually like post show. Well, I don't know. Do you grab your pictures? Before? I always forget until after we Me do too. the show. So I'm usually like grabbing everything in there, um, and it's very like it gets you know you put a face with the name that mm-hmm. we're talking about here. Also, don't forget, you know, if you're following us on Instagram. Thank you. Um, follow us on Facebook too. We try to like replicate 
uh, the same information, but sometimes we don't. Sometimes one will get a little bit more or less or different stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, we're at the Strange South podcast there. And I also signed us up for Twitter and have started using it more. Um, and we're at Strange South Pod there. And pod. that's Pod. Because they only <laughs> let us put so many letters in and we've got a really long name. Twitter's so limiting. So limiting. <laughs> it really is. Um, yeah. Sign up for the things. Do yes, the things. Do, do that. And if you do follow us on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter, you probably saw what right... I don't know what time it is for you right now, but for us, it's like Friday uh, and Thursday night or Friday morning, was it? When did you put that up, that promo? Last night, you posted on Facebook. Oh, the promo. Sorry. I'm on a different... I just went and I just took... My train just (laughs) took off in another No, you were on a totally different track than I was on. Uh, I put the promo up last night. So Thursday night, I put a promo because we met with the owner of... uh, Peerless Saloon. Peerless Saloon, which is an amazing place. Mm -hmm. Um, They just got finished shooting... Uh, the devil all the time. Thank you. The With devil freaky all the scars guard. Yeah, freaky scars guard. Um, freaky book, really southern gothic kind of book. Um, they shot it there at the Peerless, so it's like a movie set now that you're going to see when that movie comes out. But we've got a gig there, so we will be live at the Peerless Saloon in about two weeks, and that's Tuesday, May 14th at 7 p.m. There is no cover. There's no cover. Come and drink and eat. Oh, they got amazing food. God, their sweet potato fries that yes. I had yesterday. Oh my God, yeah. <laughs> it's like get you a beer or a cocktail or a drink, whatever, and just order a plate of the sweet potato fries because it's like dessert. It it's is really good. So freaking good. And they give you maple syrup to dip it in and you don't, you don't even need, need it. it. It's really good. It's so good. And I had that yesterday when we were meeting with Christy Farmer there, I was like, I eat the fried green tomatoes thing because I'm vegetarian. Oh. I'm pescatarian. So I, I sometimes eat fish, but. Um, you know, uh, I had a fried green tomato sandwich and it was amazing. Oh yeah. Their food is, yeah. So come and eat dinner and then just mosey on over to the saloon part where we'll be on stage, probably freaking out because it's the, our first live show. So, yeah. um, we need friendly faces. We do need Please friendly. Don't heckle us. If I might hit you though. I mean, yeah. <laughs> if you heckle. If, my husband has heckled in the Peerless before, and oh, no. <laughs> like, so, you know, if he heckles Andy. me, I swear to God. Right. Yeah, we're just gonna have to like make him go sit in the car while we do this. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, and you can order food on both sides. You can, um, oh, yeah, yeah. So you can eat. You can eat yeah. while you watch us, and we'll just be like mocking you um, for no, all we the won't. noises. We'll that be you're like making. too wrapped up in our own terror to to be mocking anybody so yes be friendly faces for us and come out and like um and enjoy like don't do this for us do this for you because you enjoy listening to us talk for some unknown reason (laughs) (laughs) right oh my god yes so we're going to attempt to record this and this will be actually one of our weekly shows live there at the period yeah so if you don't show up on tuesday fuck you but then you can (laughs) listen to it on friday yeah um hopefully there's some time around then because yeah We'll yeah, we'll not knows. be recording a regular show after that, so right. it better okay. work. Yeah. Also, we have been getting on iTunes some. This is home brag, right? Home brag here. On <laughs> iTunes, we have had some amazing feedback and just um, ratings from our listeners, and <laughs> somebody wrote, <laughs> and I'm like, I, I'm going to put this on the website somewhere because I just kind of love this and get the person's name who did this and, and give her props because 
they were like describing our show and how much they enjoyed it and stuff. And they called it the haunted chicken coop for the soul. Yes. <laughs> Which I kind of love. I love that. I love that. <laughs> oh my God. So that, I got a tickle. I got a tickle out of that. Did they mean that in the chicken way or the sex worker way? <laughs> you know, I don't care. I, I, I do not care. Either way, I take it as a compliment. Yes. Okay. That was really awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Either way, I take it. I said, take it off, Patrice. I'm, take, I'm taking it off. That's all right. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I think that is it with the postmortem. So the show is Tuesday, May 14th at 7 p.m. Oh, and, oh, yeah. Oh. And um, we have, Patrice has been, like, very, very busy lately <laughs> doing a whole bunch of shit and looking at merchandising some stuff. And so she has made some um, buttons and right. some stickers and we're looking at having t-shirts yes. made at some point so we're making but we did tomorrow yes like because you know this is what happens when like the person in charge is like a graphic designer and an art major <laughs> and like can pull her own shirts with our friends who are also graphic designers and art majors <laughs> it's awesome but um Anyway, so they're going to be super cool. And uh, we did uh, a contest this week on Instagram. If you were on Instagram and threw right. your name in, we are going to be drawing names after this. So check it out. There should be like some video of us drawing your names out of a cauldron, like I promised. A cackle, cackle, cackle. So there you go. Yes, absolutely. Um, and I'm hoping now that we're kind of getting the merchandise rolling a little bit to do some more giveaways. Yeah. So stay tuned. Stay tuned. And we'll bring, maybe I'll do another round of stickers. And if you come to Peerless on Tuesday the 14th at 7 p.m. to hear us and not heckle us, uh, I'll give you a free sticker. Oh, my God. It might be like, oh, this is fun. It's like the Good Behavior Project. Somebody, <laughs> we're going to have somebody monitoring. That's right. We'll we're we'll going to have somebody monitors. whose job it is to watch you while you while we perform. And whoever does the best job of being a supportive audience member and being engaged and present, <laughs> or you know, tips the bartender the best. Oh, there you oh, go. Oh, maybe we should make the bartender the person who gets to give out the stickers. Oh, that is really smart. Who 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 tips you the best gets a sticker. Exactly. So there we go. There we <clears> go. <throat> so that's happening. So Yay! That's all I've got for postmortem. Yeah, I think that's. I think I'm clear. I think that's me. Okay. I'm terrified of whatever it is that you're doing I'm, right now. I am a little terrified too. So I'm starting this episode with my story and I'm in a completely uncomfortable direction for me. And I just want to say there's, there's some trigger warnings. There's trigger warnings for me. Definitely. Oh my God. (laughs) Uh, Just simply because, you know, we talk about the strange self and a lot of times it's, we're just living I don't think it necessarily has to do with living in this has to do with living. Well, maybe it does. Yeah. In the area, just the evil that can happen. Uh, just how fucked up people are. I mean, this is like, so trigger warning, cuss warning. Cause this, does that even be, that doesn't bear saying anymore. Does it, it doesn't really bear, <laughs> but it's probably going to be a lot more. Um, oh God. With this story. I know. And I apologize, but then I don't because there are so many red flags that happened during this story that I'm just like, I'm pissed off and oh, I'm mad wow. and ups- upset. And I just, I just don't understand how something like this can happen. Oh and, shit. And that's obviously <clears throat> because I'm not a psychopathic fucking murderer. Oh, well, that's a relief. Yeah. <laughs> oh God. I'm so scared. <laughs> I'm like, I feel like you need a hug though. I know. <laughs> like, I'm, oh, I we may hug after I'm not this. Crying. I know. All right. Okay. 
So my story is on the Arkansas boogeyman. Okay. And I think they gave him this title because he's just a nightmare. He really is. This is the Christmas uh, Dover Massacre. Oh. All right. So we are talking about Ronald Gene Simmons. Which, okay, Gene Simmons, that kind of makes me chuckle a little bit. <laughs> I was just going to make that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. So, Ronald Gene Simmons, who was born in 1940 in Chicago, Illinois, to Loretta and William Simmons. All right. His dad died basically when he was like three. His mom remarried a guy. And I did not find a whole lot of background information. Like, there's a couple of books written about this, and I'm wondering if they go more into his background to just figure out why, what happened. Okay. When Simmons, though, was six, they moved to Little Rock, Arkansas. Um, He dropped out of school at about 17 and joined the Navy. And he was stationed in Washington during this time. And that's where he met Rebecca or Becky. Um, Oh, God. Olibari. Oh. Ulibari. Olibari. Um, And they got married. Uh. When he was stationed, they moved to New Mexico where he was stationed and they got married in 1960. So Olabari, I think is how you say it. Uh, About three years later, the Simmons left or Simmons left the Navy and joined the Air Force. So he, you know, was in the Navy. Does that happen often? That's odd. It is odd. And it's suspicious, Mm -hmm. especially knowing this this person or not knowing or reading about him. Um, You know, why left the Navy and went into the Air Force. But he was, you know, he had a military career. Like, once he got in the Air Force, lasted like 20 years. And in 1979, um, he retired from the military as a master sergeant. Okay. So he went so pretty, that's pretty high severe. up. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's he went like pretty high way. up. He's got some medals. They weren't like anything great. But, um, you know, he got some medals. And then Simmons and his wife, Rebecca... Um, took their seven children. Um, well, actually, so let me start over again. Simmons <laughs> and his wife, they had seven children. Mm-hmm. So they're living in New Mexico. They had seven children. He retired like 79. But in 1981, while they were living in New Mexico, uh, things started shifting. It's like things got a little weird. You said 1989? 1989. No. Sorry, 1981. Thank 81. You. Thank okay. you. 81. No, I think I might have heard that wrong. So let's talk about 1981. This is like um, you know, Prince's Die wedding. This mm-hmm. is, you know, happening, I think. Uh, big hair. Big hair. So, you know, this is, is not back during the 20s or anything mm-hmm. like that. This is, you know, happening now. So, yeah, the Royal Wedding, Space Shuttle Columbia launches for the first time. What you got? Um, President Reagan appointed Sandra Day O'Connor, the uh, U.S. Supreme Court, Raiders of the Lost Ark. So this is <laughs> when this is all happening. However, in um, New Mexico, people were very scared of old Ronald. Um, he always had like a beer in his hand. Uh, he tended to hang out in one little room where he was staying at all the time and it was dark and it seemed like really spooky and it stunk. And this was according to one of the seven children's friends. Um, but Simmons started to be investigated by the department of human services for allegations that he fathered 
a child with a 17-year-old daughter. Oh, okay. So let's just call that. There was a lot of like pussyfooting around with the naming of like, you know, this. It was incestuous rape is really what it was. Oh, Jesus. I think they, they used like softer terms for this simply because... He has must have brainwashed her and she wouldn't testify against him or either he scared the fuck out of her and she wouldn't testify against him. And it was more alluding to that he seduced her. Ugh. I know. It's, it's, it's horrifying. Ugh. Yeah. Um, so after a military, obviously, will you know, a real winner here. And so they started investigating him. They could never get the daughter to um, press charges. But then all of a sudden they couldn't find the family because they up and um, disappeared. Everybody? Everybody. So there was nine people in this family. That's a fucking big family. So the 17-year-old is still with them and traveling and has a baby. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. And because she wouldn't press charges, she's still... She's still, yeah. She's still with... So he apparently is king of that castle. (sighs) I'll get into that a little bit. A year later, they surface in Dover, Arkansas. So Dover is like a small town northwest of center. <laughs> Arkansas <laughs> is like right above um, Russellville. And it's also like it's considered a, a micropolitan of Russellville, which is a new term for me. So I don't know that. It's just a little community. Um, Russellville is becoming so big that as they expand, they start to absorb communities and stuff. So I think it was getting big enough to where they considered it kind of maybe like a suburb, not a fucking suburb, but like any kind of suburb we know though. So they call it a micropolitan area. area. I've never heard that. That's fascinating. So Russellville has like a population of a little over 1300 people. So very small. Um, But where the Simmons lived, um, was even more isolated. So, uh, he took the whole family and his wife, Rebecca, she, she came from like, you know, normal family and, you know, they were very much, you know, she talked to her family and everything, but once the rape charges or, or the incest charges came about and mm-hmm. he moved them, um, he was trying to like, obviously isolate everybody, especially her from her family who were like, what the fuck, right? Mm. And, um, you know, Becky's family said after all that happened, he just kept getting stranger and stranger. And really the only person who kept up with her at that point, um, because he had violent tendencies. And when you have somebody in the family with violent tendencies, you kind of keep your family the fuck away from them. Mm -hmm. Um, But he had a, or she had a sister Rebecca had a sister who kept in touch with her, and her her name was um, Viola O. Shields from Fort Payne, Alabama. Oh, so so she's keeping, she's trying to like keep track. But they moved to this already kind of rural town in Arkansas, and they live 15 miles outside of that town in this remote, densely wooded area. And he takes his non-member family. And buys two old mobile homes and he joins them together. Okay. And nine people live in these two weird not uh, old mobile homes um, that are smushed together. And he barricades like his, I think I read somewhere they had like about 14 acres. So he barricades that his home with like cinder blocks and barbed wire 
and does like this makeshift privacy fence that was like 10 feet high in some places. So they're already in bumfuck Egypt, but then they're like 15 miles. I'm sorry if anybody lives there, but (laughs) come on, small town Mississippi girl. I know bumfuck bumfuck Egypt. (laughs) Bumfuck Egypt, right? Um, So they live 15 miles outside of that. And then he's got like all of this barbed wire and tall fence and no trespassing signs. Oh my God. And he has just like piles of junk that he claims to be building materials stacked, you know, materials stacked around this piece together home that they're living in and junk automobiles everywhere. So it's really, it it sounds horrifying. Um, On top of all that, there was no indoor plumbing. Oh, wow. And no telephone. So how the fuck can you have nine people? I mean, I know you can. I mean, it used to be done. But this is 1981. This is not like 1920s depression era or anything like that. Holy shit. Yeah. Um, When Rebecca was allowed to talk to her family, Simmons would stand there um, anytime that she made a call, like they went into town or whatnot. And he... (sighs) You know, he must have been letting her do that just so that they wouldn't come looking for him. And I think a lot of her family maybe was like, um, what's that, like Colorado where I read, maybe? So they weren't close They weren't to close re- to like hop in the car and go mm-hmm. check on her. I think it would probably be a different situation. Who knows? Um, so where they live, Simmons considered this his kingdom. He called it the House of Squalor. Yeah, <laughs> sounds um, right. It sounds, yeah, nail on the head. <clears throat> Uh, the road leading up was, like, badly rutted with, like, red clay. So they had, like, the red clay there in um, Arkansas. And it was impossible even to, like, go up the road when it was wet or slick with, like, snow or ice. Uh, no mail ever came to the Royal Post Office box there. And they never sent out any mail. Oh, wow. So they were, it sounds like they're totally off the grid um, yeah, because when those yellow pages, people will find you. Like, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> they'll find you. <laughs> right. So totally off the grid, um, rural Arkansas, which just sounded like how he liked it, what mm-hmm. he wanted. Sorry, I need a drink. Yeah, he wanted them like as far away from mm-hmm. everybody else as possible. Right. Um, this place, and I don't know if he coined this phrase or if it was already known, but they called it Mockingbird Hill. Which I like that name, and I really hate them for using that. I was just going to say, that sounds so pleasant, but like the kingdom of squalor sounds a lot more like representative of what you described. Yes. So, with seven children, um, you know, he had them mow the yard. They all went to public school. So, really? Yeah, they all went to school. He didn't like isolate them. And I think that was probably intentional because, of course, he didn't want them. you know, anybody checking up on them. So, like, yeah, it would draw attention if they... Right, would draw attention. And there's some other normal things that happen that you're just like, what the fuck? Um, and I'll get to that in a second. So, uh, his wife, Rebecca, attended the local church. Um, however, the children were never allowed to stay over at a friend's house. They were never allowed to go to social or school events. and um, But they were always clean and ready to catch the bus. They didn't really stand out. They were like those people that you kind of like see taking up space, but you don't really remember their name Mm -hmm. or, you know, whose children they are. And that kind of was, there were some interviews with the teachers and the teachers, you know, 
they just really had nothing to say about them because they're like, I really don't know. I don't know anything about them other than they just were in my class. Oh, God, that's sad. It is very sad. It made me, they're like non-people. Hmm. And that's kind of like, you know, this is my first, well, there's several red flags. I mean, obviously the incest with the daughter, it's like a major ding, ding, ding. <laughs> yeah, no know, shit. Red flag. But, you know, <clears throat> this continuing red flags um, popping up here. So uh, a major kind of red rum moment, I think, the turning point of this whole um sad story here uh and there's like a couple of books and i do want to read um and i'll put these books in the newsletter if you subscribe to our newsletter uh zero at the bone which i don't know what the fuck that means Mm -mm. um true story of ronald gene simmons christmas massacre by paul williams and bryce marshall and obeying evil which i think is a more apt um title there the mockingbird hill massacre through the eyes of the killer and that's actually on Amazon Kindle oh, wow. edition. Um, but anyway, so I think the real turning point here is Rebecca reportedly was trying to leave Simmons mm. on several occasions, actually. And um, domestic violence, you know, the most dangerous time for the woman is when they try to leave or right after they leave. Yeah. So I really think that this was the big red rum moment here. Um, and so... You know, people were starting to notice bruises on Rebecca's face and arms, and it's just everything just got more weird. And she was trying to leave. Um, but you've got this reclusive and like really bizarre family lifestyle. Um, so you wonder why more scrutiny and concern, you know, weren't. I'm not like trying to blame anybody, but you're wondering like why there weren't more red flags going off. And I think maybe, you know, a poor location, poor, everybody was trying to survive for themselves in this rural location. So Mm -hmm. it's not like, you know, we were, they were living in this posh suburb or whatnot um, where somebody noticed, you know, I think it probably, this happens a lot um, in rural locations where things aren't reported. Um, But everything that was happening, you know, definitely red flags for social service workers and school counselors um and, you know you i don't know they have a tough job that's all i gotta say mm. they have a really tough job okay so she and i don't know like when she started trying to leave him and when this actually happened but just before christmas in 1987 so they've been there oh, like wow. six years yeah right? um living this lifestyle uh Ronald Gene Simmons made a conscious decision to kill all the members in his family. Oh. So December 22nd, Simmons drove to the local fucking Walmart and purchased a 22 caliber handgun. Um, and then he went home. So when he went home, he went in and he first bludgeoned and then shot his son, Gene. Oh, my God. Who was 29 years old. And then he murdered Rebecca. Um with the gun and then he went and had a fucking beer and Ugh. this i'm pretty sure is from his accounts that he told uh, the police after he was called um so murdered his old oldest son ha- murdered his wife had a beard beard beer <laughs> um then he dumped the bodies into the cesspool that he had made his children dig in the backyard the day before because of mm. course they got to fucking have a cesspool because they don't have indoor plumbing oh girl oh my god no yeah so it gets worse y'all i'm so sorry 
So he then strangles his granddaughter, Barbara, who's age three, and oh. wrapped her bed, uh, her body in a black plastic trash bag. When his children that day got home from school, when they got off the bus, um, Simmons told them that he had a present for them, but he wanted to give them to him in person, one by one. Oh, my God. So he took the eldest, Loretta, who was um, well, actually his eldest daughter that was still at home, and he strangled her and held her underwater in the rain barrel outside the home until she was drowned. Ugh. And then he got Eddie, um, his son, alone, who was 14 at the time, and strangled him and did the same to his 11-year-old daughter, uh, Mariana, and his 8-year-old daughter, Becky. Holy shit. And he just like, I, I don't, I don't know. It's so fucked up, y'all. So this was on the 22nd. A few days go by. Uh, on the 26th, the remaining members of his family. So he kills his immediate family. Mm -hmm. And then he's sitting there drinking and watching TV while their corpse are like in the living room. Oh my God. And then because it's Christmas and his extended family who like his other children who have gone off and married and had children of their own are supposed to come over for Christmas to celebrate Christmas and eat like you do. So you're going over to like Papa and Mama's house or whatever. And um, that day, Simmons' uh, son, Billy, who was 23, and his daughter-in-law, uh, Renetta, 21, were both shot as they entered the home to visit for Christmas. Um, in full view of their son, <gasps> Trey, who was Simmons' grandson and one years old. Um Simmons then took Trey and strangled and drowned him like he did with Barbara and the other small children. Holy shit. And then he, um, like an hour later, his daughter, Sheila, 24, and her husband, Dennis, 23, and their two children um, came for Christmas, to visit for Christmas. And Sheila was actually the daughter that father, or that um, had... uh, Oh, his baby? His baby. Way back when. Oh. Right. So Sylvia Geld was his baby, and she was six at the time. But she had gotten married, and they had a, she had another child with her husband, Dennis, um, who was two-year-old Michael. So when they came in, uh, Simmons shot both Sheila and Dennis, and then strangled and drowned Sylvia and Michael. Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. It's not over. Oh, my God. Um, Simmons laid the bodies of his whole family in a neat row in the living room, covered them with coats. Um, He did something different with Sylvia Gale, who was his daughter, granddaughter. Um, And he got Rebecca's best tablecloth and, like, covered her with it. Uh, He took his two grandsons and wrapped them in plastic and left them in one of the abandoned cars out front. But before he did this, he soaked all the bodies in kerosene. Because he believed that that would stop the smell from coming out and prevent, <laughs> and prevent attracting animals and people. So, yeah. The fuck he gonna do? Uh, Jesus Christ. Uh, well, first of all, what fucking people, right? Because uh. no, he's in the middle of fucking nowhere. Nobody goes to visit him because he's a violent, horrible person that nobody liked in the first place. Holy but, shit. When you said that they had two children who had gone off and gotten married and had kids, and I was like, oh my God, and they came back? And they came back. Who wants to fucking spend christmas in this so it's it's just i don't understand i don't obviously i don't I, 
nobody should understand. Wow. It's just, it's fucked up. It is so fucked up, y'all. So this is the 26th when all of, of the family members um, in the house Ugh. were killed. Ugh. So that night, while everybody's in his house, he goes out for a drink at a local bar. <laughs> and he spends that night and the next night, which is Sunday, drinking beer and watching TV. So... Not really concerned about anything. I'm like sitting here with like, what did he watch? Like fucking Mr. Belvedere or some shit? Like I don't know. Who 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 the fuck knows? So that was the 26th. On the 28th, he drives down to Russellville. And he goes into, buy, and I don't know if he buys it at another Walmart or not, but he goes in and buys another gun, another 22, I think, caliber pistol. And he goes to the law office. And I didn't really hit on this. When they moved down to Dover... Um, when he first retired, I mean, he still had seven fucking children. He still had to provide somehow. Mm-hmm. Um, so he took a, a bunch of small jobs because he had, obviously he had no soft skills. He had no skills whatsoever. Whatever skills that he had in the military did not transfer. And obviously he's a fucking asshole. So um, he, you know, took a bunch of small jobs and some of the jobs fired him for sexual harassment oh. um, kind of stuff. And so what happened is he, on the 28th, he went down um, to one of the places. I don't know if he worked there or if it was a law office. I don't know if he was there to like cover. I don't know why he was there. Um, But he shot dead a young woman named Kathy Kendrick, who was age 24. Um, And this is, this is like verbatim what they said in the article, who for some reason he blamed for many of his problems. Um, but other places I read, uh, I figured it's largely because she turned down his sexual advances. So he murdered her and then he moved on down the street to Taylor Oil Company, another place that he worked. And he shot dead a man named J.D. uh, Chafin, 33 years old, and wounded the owner. And then he went to a convenience store, also where he once had a job, and shot and wounded two more people. Then he went over to Woodline. Holy shit! Uh, Woodline Motor Freight Company, um, where he got fired for making sexual advances to one of the um, people there, and he shot and wounded the woman there. Actually, he was wanting to kill her. He shot her in the head, and I think the chest. Um, but it didn't kill her. Thank God. He, he's he's not killing any more people, so he's done with his killing spree at this point but i do want to read this verbatim so i don't fuck it up it's like that was the end of his killing spree simmons simply sat in the office and chatted to one of the secretaries while waiting for the police so he held a gun to one of the secretary's heads and made her call the police and then sat there and had a normal conversation um oh my god when they arrived he handed over his gun and surrendered without any resistance so, however, when the police got there, they thought it was strictly a workplace shooting spree. And if that was the place, uh, if that was the case, then there would have been like two dead and then several wounded. Mm-hmm. Um, they knew nothing about his family. Uh, so he surrendered. They were calling it, you know, a workplace shooting spree. And I don't even remember this being in the news. I mean, not that I would be like watching this heavily in 81. I think I was... Da, 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 oh, I don't know. 80, was it eighty six by then? Oh, eighty six. Yeah. So maybe I would. I would have been. I wouldn't have. I would have been junior I was in high. Germany. I didn't have TV. Yeah, probably totally up my own ass at that point. 
in junior high, so I, I would have been paying attention to this. And I don't remember, like, you know, Holy just shit. Ding. But they thought it was just a workplace shooting, and I don't know when they figured out that his total murder count was 16 people. Oh, my God. Um, <clears throat> Ronald Gene Simmons uh, was 47 years old at this time, to put, like, how old he was. So he wasn't that. He's, like, a year older than I am right now. Oh, my God. Holy shit. So Simmons was charged with 16 counts of murder. He was found guilty, obviously, on all 16 counts and sentenced to death. Uh, he refused his rep- uh, appeal. And um, on June 25th, 2006, a really long time afterwards, yeah. uh, he was finally put to death by lethal injection. None of his relatives would claim the fucker's body. And he was buried in Potter's Field. Wow. I know. This is oh my God. so fucking upsetting. Did you say one of those books was from his perspective? That was the... Yeah, one of them, A Killer's Perspective. I, I don't... Again, I have not... I just found this last minute right before um, we started this. And I've got to go look at it and read it. Because I don't know if somebody interviewed him. But like in all the news articles, there's really just straightforward and forward information there's a fucking chart of like who died when they died and how they died oh god that's gruesome Uh, yeah because and how old they were um because there's just so many but i mean domestic violence oh my fucking god and i mean this dude clearly was broke and evil and fucking just like, evil. They went and had why? him tested yeah. before he went on trial to see if he was competent, if he was sane to stand trial. And uh, the psychiatrist found him sane. Oh, um, that's gross. Yeah. So true evil. True, true evil. So. I've been like, I was like, I pulled up like, how did he get? So he he like actually advanced through the military. Like he had to have been good at something. I mean, he, like, oh, he, he got one of his medals with marksmanship. Oh, great. Yeah, that's what I was saying. He had no... He was like, good at shooting shit. Yeah, real usable. I mean, unless you're going to go into police or something like that. But I have a feeling he would have authority issues. Oh, my God. So these are the people, you know, I've had the talk with my son. It's like, you know, when you get like the crazy feeling from somebody, you get the fuck away from them. Um, and I understand uh, Rebecca's family's reluctance mm-hmm. to like, pull her out because he was fucking violent and if he fucking killed 16 people so you know when is the point where you say like i can't do anything because i'm afraid not only for your life but for my life and my family's life as well and i know that's what she was going through when she was trying to leave him and i know that a lot of people go through that when they try to leave violent people um well and it sounds like he would have had to have been like extremely controlling you would think like to keep that many family members kind of under his thumb right in those kind of conditions for that long for that long and for people to fucking come back like if you got out i mean move to another country or something i don't know oh my god oh so sorry about that y'all but i feel like it needs to be told it needs to be talked about it needs you know domestic violence I think it's the very center of that, the people that commit this, and then he just, fuck, I don't know what the fuck his problem is. He's, that's a, oh my god, oh. that's a... 
But I never got anything like he, he, I don't know if he beat his children. I don't get the sense that he did beat his children or anything. But then again, I don't know because I just started researching this. Um, And I would like to know. And if like the children would go to school, you know, with bruisers or something, that would raise red flags with like the counselors and everything. And they would follow up. So it sounds like, I don't know, just psychological manipulation and total control. Wow. Ugh. How does somebody... I don't... It's unfathomable. I, I can't... I can't connect. Shit. Don't want to connect, obviously, but I just can't. And I'm surprised there's like... I thought there was a movie of this at one point, because I was like, I've seen this somewhere, but I think there was another incident of a guy killing his family and some kids, um, some of his children survived, so this was not that... Oh, well, that's fucked up, too. It's yeah. like... And I think that this is actually, let's see, um, what does it say? Bum, bum, bum. <clears throat> she made me scroll up all the way to the top. This was, this is the worst mass murder of a family in the U.S. history. Oh, man. So, there you go, Arkansas. I've been wanting to do a story on you, and I did. And people are just still, obviously, in shock, um, talking oh. about this guy in the area, uh, Oh, Lord. That's fucked up. It's fucked up. So, Arkansas. Damn. I know. Ugh. All right. Well, there you go. We'll take a quick break and we'll come back. (laughs) We'll cheer up or something. Go take some shots. (laughs) Maybe I got to add some vodka to this for that. (laughs) Oh, my God. We'll be right back. Fucker. We're back on. Um, Yes. I just was like thinking where we were talking about this story because you can't stop talking about this story because it's fucked so up. fucked up. But um, I kept on thinking about the whole incel thing and like yeah. this whole idea that he's like just going to shoot women because they refused his sexual advances and he fucks his kids and just like Jesus is <sighs> like this is still happening. There's it whole is. online communities of men who are like goading each other on to kill women because they turn them down because they're fucking assholes. Right. They're- Nothing ever changes. Depressed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh my god, I'm sorry. I, I was just telling Patrice, I'm really glad I decided to go light this week because <laughs> bless you. People be if you driving like their any- cars <laughs> off the road, like if you had anything else after that, like I'm gonna have to like decompress after that. Although I am looking for photos, there's not that many photos. I'm looking for photos because I'm curious about what the double trailer. Yeah, see, that's all I was. I just kept on thinking, like in my head, commune, I can. Like the crazy just, thing ugh. is, there have been enough like fucking weird communes in the news, and like right. since we were kids, you that, know, there's like, shit out there we don't actually know about. imagine what it would look like, right? Because yeah. you've seen fucking weird compounds that people have created, and like Waco, and I don't know. It's just yeah. Ah, oh, people suck. This is why I'm not talking about people this week. Right. Oh, good. Actually, I'm just a tad okay. at the beginning. But I just like I had to kind of beef out my story a little bit because, see, you're the only one that's covered cryptids up until now. And so I was like kind of going down the cryptid route and I was going for something a little lighter this time because I was like, I've been talking about shitty people for weeks and Mm. I hate people now. So I always kind of really hated people. Just (laughs) (laughs) now you're just letting everybody know. (laughs) Now it's just it's pretty it's pretty strong right at this moment. I had to add some more vodka to my vodka to get through this. Hold on. I am excited. Well, be excited. I'm excited because I need I need some. You need a lift. I need a lift. Well, we're gonna talk about the Rougarou, the Cajun werewolf. What? 
Cajuns have a werewolf. Cajuns have a werewolf. Oh my god, that Cajuns is amazing. Cajuns got a werewolf share. So, um, like, and I had to start this by saying so. Because I was researching this the past couple days, I fucking had bad dreams about fucking werewolves last night. Because here's the thing. So everybody knows that I have a, like, a freak out doll problem. Like, I I have a problem with dolls. She does. Which is strange. It is really strange. Well, I mean, creepy dolls aren't strange, but, like, I really like puppets, which Mm. is my brother's, like... It's, I'm I'm one of two, like my my brother and I, and we have like we're not afraid of a lot, but like what we're afraid of is like, oh, <laughs> just like, like and really so, seriously afraid. Yeah, of so it. I am anti dolls. He is anti puppets, which you would think like mine would translate because to he's. Puppets? And I asked him one day, I was dolls? like, "What's wrong with puppets? Why do you?" Because I I'm fascinated by them. Like I love that humans can manipulate, like inanimate objects, and he's like, "Because inanimate objects in objects inanimate objects cannot take." form like they they're not allowed to move you're making them move you can't give them life it's fucking weird you can't give them life (laughs) and so (laughs) don't give them life (laughs) so like uh so anyway my other childhood like fear besides creepy dolls is um it's not exactly werewolves but it's wolves and so i've spent my entire life like the way that i deal with fear since i was a kid is confrontation good and um so i've never like hidden from this probably why i'm not afraid of that much Mm -hmm. is that like when i was a kid okay here's the long here's the long personal story this is all about me now i'm like (laughs) i'm all into it go for it so when I was a kid, really, really little, I was obsessed with Peter and the Wolf. Okay. To the point where, have I told you this story before no, you? Da, okay. Da, okay. Da, 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 da. Don't. Please don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> so when I was a kid, I was obsessed with Peter and the Wolf to the point that my mom would take me like whenever like somebody was doing it as a children's show or something like that. She would take me. I listened to it all the time. I could like I knew what all the instruments were when I was like four. Like I knew what all the instruments were and I would sing it all the time. And I was like, I loved it. And something happened at one point in my childhood. And we have never pinpointed what it was, whether like something happened while I was listening to it that turned everything upside down. And my parents have never been able to figure out what it was. But like, from whatever that point was, until this day, right now, if I hear a single strain of Peter and the Wolf, all of the hairs on the back of my neck will stand up. And I have, I bought the, like, I used to watch the, 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 um, what it was on Disney. Disney Mm -hmm. did like a little, a mini film of Peter and the Wolf, a cartoon. That that wolf in particular, there was like a noise mm. that was made in that cartoon that became like the touch point for everything I was afraid of. Oh, wow. And my brother figured out what it was and constantly, <laughs> constantly chased me around the fucking house making the noise. Fucking and, brothers, man. Um, and so like and so the fear just got bigger and bigger and bigger. And as I grew, I was like, I made myself buy a VHS of the fucking Peter and the Wolf from I sat with my nephews. They'll probably remember this. It was probably fucking weird for them right. i was like i have children in my life now i can watch this cartoon it's not scary we're gonna sit in the basement together and we're gonna watch this cartoon because i have children in my life and they're cute and they're cuddly and i love them mm-hmm. and i just sat there and like shivered the entire fucking time oh watching this God. with my nephews because i cannot take it like i cannot i wow. can't take it so i have i have fought this my entire life but like the peter and the wolf thing like has always been it i just can't get over it wow and um so, like, the funny thing is, like, well, for one thing, and I also surrounded myself with wolves as a kid, mm-hmm. at, at part of, partly to fight this fear. Like, right. I was like, okay, I'm going to I'm going to love the real life wolf. Mm-hmm. And um, 
Well, let me let me add like a little side note here. Do it. So my brother, when he was in college, had a uh, half wolf, half um, Siberian husky mix. Oh my god! He was more wolf than husky, though. Gorgeous dog. Uh, like, wolf. Gorgeous. I bet it was just. But he was wolf. He had like he had like the wolves have like a special nose, so he had like the special kind of like. Um, non-dog uh nose and his eyes were huge and he was beautiful however he got really big yeah i was gonna say they're like little tiny bears they're like huge yes and huge massive jaws and i would like you know we'd let him sleep with us you know we'd take care of him sometimes and we'd go over and play and he would sleep in the bed um with you but you very much knew that he was in control and you were not it would i mean he obviously i mean he had a really good personality you know he didn't he wasn't thank god crazy or (laughs) gone a different way but um you just knew in his presence because he had this vibe about him that he could fucking kill you and he wanted you to remember it and he yeah (laughs) he wanted you to know that you were allowed to breathe basically because he liked you and and he was allowing it but he was massive and beautiful and frightening Mm -hmm. um and he did what he wanted to do but thank god he was like he was a good good pup wolf God. See, now that's that's interesting because it's like that's why that's why people are afraid. I like people. I think uh, most people now don't have any like one on one experience having seen mm-hmm. these animals. So you think of wolves and you think you look at them and you probably think of like coyotes or you think of right. huskies or something like something that you're more familiar with. Yeah. Those fuckers are big. They're as, they're big and big they're scary and, and they're heavy. Yes. And fucking smart. Uh huh. So, so, I mean, there's a reason people were afraid of wolves, absolutely. like, through the centuries. Like, they are terrifying. Uh, yes, they are. You should be afraid of the big bad wolf. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Whew. So, like, that that actually kind of plays out. Okay. I was telling this whole... I really just started telling this because when I started looking at the Rougarou, I didn't actually have a whole lot to say. So, I was like, I'm going to tell all my personal <laughs> shit. I'm going to just air all no, my personal good shit. good to know. I, I know what... Um buy you now but oh god please don't I, i'm like i it's so funny because this is one that like i know having said this out loud on this podcast it's gonna come back mm-hmm. i'm gonna like walk into places and people are gonna be singing the fucking like Dumb. peter song Dumb. and it really i mean it's a fucking scary little song it it that's very kind of you yeah. <laughs> it is no it is it's catchy well listen i can make you scared of it because like one of the things i was gonna say like so I was terrified of Peter and the Wolf as a kid. I tried to make myself like it. When I realized I couldn't like it, I avoided it. Mm-hmm. So um, werewolf theme coming back around here, I promise. Mm-hmm. Um, like we went to a show at Seven Stages in Atlanta about 10 years ago. Uh-huh. And it was um, called The Phantom Limb. We didn't know anything about it. Right. We had taken a bunch of theater students from here, from JSU, to go see. Because they, a lot of them hadn't really ever seen a show that was professional. They hadn't gone. And it was definitely, like, Seven Stages would do a lot of work that was experimental and would do things they had never seen before. So we're like, okay, we're going to take you over to Seven Stages. We're going to go see some cool shit. This is what's playing the day that we're free. We'll go. I honestly hadn't looked at it at all. It's in their black box theater. You have to walk on stage to get into the fucking like, oh, so seats. it's like really close. It in is your face. so intimate, so mm-hmm. intimate. Um, so you'll understand 
um, why this was such a horrible experience for me. Um, the Phantom Limb is a play that was written about Albert Fish, the werewolf of uh, Wisteria, who was a oh. New York City child, like child rapist, torturer, <gasps> cannibal. What the fuck? American serial killer. Okay. Um, and about him. I'm gonna have to look him up. I had no idea that this was what I was getting into, but they did the story of Albert Fish in a very, like, in a really, really fucking disturbing way. And people don't believe me when I tell them about this because it's so fucking weird. It's just like one dude on stage with a bowler hat walking around interacting with child-sized marionettes because this was done by Haverty's Marionettes in, in Atlanta. Oh my and God. So, Two things that are terrifying to Garrett. Oh my together. God. So these marionettes are child-sized and he just, he interacts almost exclusively with them. And then in the background, they keep on doing these vignettes on screen that are shadow puppetry that are the stories of werewolves, werewolves through history. And the reason why he was called that, because he, you know, he tore his victims limb from limbs. So he was the werewolf of hysteria. They also called him the vampire of Brooklyn. And so like this dude was fucking insane. Right. And the whole point of this play was to kind of get people inside his head. So it was very dreamlike. Mm. And like he would take the puppets apart when he killed them. Um, And there were there were like it was audit. Oh, my God. It was too much. It was, And it was intended to be too much. Like, when he kind of switched gears, they would play these really loud tones, like, that really just dug straight into your head. Oh, my God. And guess what? The <laughs> recurring motif of this was no! musically. He would sit there, and when he started to go crazy, he would sit and stare off into the distance, and he would make his fingers go together like a little tiny record player, and they would play Prokofiev. They would play... Peter and the Wolf, the theme song, Peter, Peter's theme song right. from Peter and the Wolf. And I, as if I wasn't already horrified Traumatized. enough, I was in a tiny dark right? space surrounded by other people who had no idea what to do because this play is like, holy fuck, what the hell is happening to me? Right? And, and then my worst fear comes over the fucking speaker. Oh my God. <laughs> and, and so, uh, I, like I said, no one believes that this is true. Like I've told people about this and they're like, you are there's no way that this is really i found youtube videos i found two clips of this show and i'm gonna give them to you yes go to the subscribe to the fucking newsletter and if you can make it through the half of the first five minute video i will pat you on the back because when i was walking (laughs) and that doesn't even neither of the videos have the peter and the wolf theme song in them that he posted online so it's not my personal fear it's just it is so fucking disturbing. Oh my like, god! Like primo, the way that they like dug into this dude's head. But we anyway, so, so if you can watch up. it, if you can watch it, props to you. Oh my god! So anyway, um, that's my that's my part of my story. That <laughs> was my. Shivers. I'm trying to make this a little longer here. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so that was all Cajun. That was all. That was all like werewolf background, wolf fear, ah, scary background, werewolf, Cajun werewolf, Rigaru. We're back. Right. We're on track. Okay, so werewolves is like it's an old English term. It's like a German, like kind of German etymology, old English term. Um, so um, werewolves, like over history, like they showed in this play, like mm-hmm. in the you know in the background, the shadow puppetry stuff. They've taken a whole bunch of different forms, but um, you know we're we're not going to cover like the Teen Wolf version here <laughs> or the like the, the ripped jeans and like pecs or right. like. There's that, like, the U.S. did, in, like, in the early 60s. Have you ever seen um, the, uh, 
what was it called? Werewolf in a Girl's Dormitory. Have you ever seen that? Uh, 1963. No. Look that movie up because it's fucking it hilarious. Oh my God. But you know, so the US, like we always do, it's like, this is a shamelessly transparent, like critique of sexual predators basically is the right. werewolf is terrifying because he's going to fuck you. Um, but, uh, we're, we're, we're so we're, we're going to start in medieval France instead I've drunk so much vodka on vodka, just so you know, if this, if <laughs> well, I you don't make great. any sense, here we go. Um, so in, in, uh, medieval France, the word Rougarou, the Cajun werewolf Rougarou is drawn from the French, right? Which I would love to say mm-hmm. for you. Um, I, I swear it's like, it's actually close. It's like Lugaru, something like that, Lugaru. but it's like, instead of Rougarou, it's like L O, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, uh, I don't know. This is the reason I don't like to cover Louisiana all that much because no, I can't French. speak French. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, anyway, so it comes from the French, um, Lou means wolf and Garou means shape shifting. So that's what, that's what werewolf comes from. So in France, in like the medieval, in like 1500s to 1800s, which is probably a little later than the medieval times, but anyways, um, there were lots of werewolf stories. And one of them was the beast of Javadon, which was like in three years, this creature killed upward, like more than a hundred people and had 300 victims total around that. Um, like it was kind of a like remote area in France apparently, and there were like lone men who would get attacked, but mostly it was women and children. They had like two trailers that they smushed. Right, I know. (laughs) And get their daughter. You know, that's one of the things they say is because in medieval times, a lot of the time, like children get stolen, and they just say like, "Oh, well, a werewolf did it, I guess." You know, it's like because look at the cesspool. Yeah, seriously. So I mean, because people do a lot of nasty shit, and we just gonna blame it on like mythological creatures sometimes. Right. But in this case, there was actually something. There was actually a beast that was killing people. It was like terrorizing these towns. It would slaughter people. It would eat parts of them. It would leave them like strewn around. Oh wow. And um, I wonder if it was like an escape carnival that's a that's that's one of the theory because they still don't know whether you know they say that it might have been like an escaped lion right um somebody at one point had a philosophy that one of the guys who was like i can hunt this beast and kill it and i'm gonna be your that that he actually had a trained dog that he had dressed as something different and that he was letting it loose on towns so that they would pay him to go and kill this creature like that he had trained this dog to kill people so Mm. that was another theory that they had on this but anyways um you know, people would see it and they, they said that they'd seen a wolf as big as a horse. Wow. Um, and yeah, I mean, Smithsonian Magazine would, like wrote about it and they said that like it could have been a pack of extremely aggressive wolves in a very, very poor time. Mm-hmm. Um, because at one point they thought they'd killed it. Somebody brought it in and was like, oh, I killed the thing. And then like six days later, people started dying again and 30 more people died. Right. So like there's this history. They they some people like they did eventually kill another creature. The, the killings did eventually stop, but like it was probably like 60 to 100 years after the thing actually happened that this novelist wrote a story about the beast of Javadon and they said that it was a werewolf. And that idea just caught Took on off, and flew. I'm sure, yes. So that was the first story where they ever said that there was a silver bullet that would kill a werewolf. Mm. That's that whole thing. Like you can only kill a werewolf with a silver bullet. I that love came from here. Werewolf like lore. Oh yeah, I totally. I mean, that is some of my favorite. Like vampires. Meh. I'm all about the werewolf. I don't know what that says about me. There's a really like weird. What is it called? Wolf Cop. There's a really fucked up movie that used to be on Netflix called Wolf Cop. I think it is. It, it, like I watched while I was hungover one day. You should look it up. <laughs> okay. Um, but um, 
so yeah, the silver bullet thing comes from way back when in like 1700s France from this guy who said he finally killed the beast and he did it because he had a, a silver bullet that he had forged himself. And that's the only reason it died. So that's where that comes from. Um, but so in French werewolf stories like these, where the Rougarou originally came from, like mm-hmm. these fuckers were ruthless. Like these werewolves they're talking about in France, they would like tear people apart. They would like mm. rabbit, they would eat children all the time. It was like mm. the werewolves would eat your children. Mm. And that was what they did. So like werewolf stories in medieval France, they were like, they're not just, you know, we talked about other cryptids being like cautionary tales for kids a lot of the time mm-hmm. or like, you know, or ghosts being cautionary. T- that's not what this was like. They were legit terrors wow. in like medieval France with a basis in truth because this like weird right. beast had gone and done this stuff and they just didn't know what it was. So they gave it another name right all right so the cajun version of the french werewolf the rougarou luckily is a lot less frightening than that <laughs> we're way 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 right. more laid back in the big easy so um the rougarou is supposed to be like always pale or white you know sharp teeth but they it's like it's a man's body and a wolf's head so okay. that's the way that it's most often Very pagan to yeah kind of pagan yeah, yeah kind of egyptian like um some people say like glowing red eyes. So we're not like at Teen Wolf, we're at like Remus Lupin, you know what I mean? Right. Like we're at like elongated body parts and just kind of creepy ass looking naked dude with hair. Oh, like yeah. that's what we're at. Yeah, kind of the swampy <clears throat> kind of hanging. Yes, absolutely. Thing. Because the swampy thing, like a lot of people also portray it as like covered in moss and mm-hmm. shit like that. Yeah, because it's Louisiana yeah. swamp monster, basically, you know? Right. Um, and it, they also said it doesn't need a full moon to transform into anything. Well, fuck no, it's badass. Yeah. Yeah, they, it's badass. They said it's like any night it can just and it can. Um, but it's base. It's it is a rougarou because it's been cursed. Mm-hmm. And so um, they don't change back until they're released from the curse. They don't change into humans. So what pisses off the rougarou? <laughs> Being smiled at. Right. <laughs> don't tell me to smile. The first version is that sinners piss off the rougarou. Oh, um, God. So ooh. basically everybody. Right. But mostly Catholics. <laughs> um, because this uh, um, originally, it, like one of the stories was if you break Lent, the Rougarou is going to get you. Um, but there's another if you don't observe Lent for seven years in a row, then the Ru- then you will become the Rougarou. That's the uh, other thing. So weird. there are two kind of philosophies behind Who the, the Lent thing. That? I don't know. Like there, this seven is probably years, the that's way. a fucking long time. I know. Right? There are prob- there are probably ways that like this is probably a cautionary children's tale part, right? right. Like if you don't if you break your Lent, you're gonna it's like it's this it's this year five or I know, right? seven. <laughs> what yeah. can I break Lent this year? Fuck, I don't remember. <laughs> Always break Lent. But yeah, when like if you break Lent, then the Ruger is supposed to come and like suck your blood for 101 days and live off of you. And then after 101 days, it's supposed to let you let you loose, I guess. Um, there's another version where disobedient children piss off the Ruger, just like Hug and Molly, you yes. know, like the cautionary tale. Keep kids safe. It's like kind of keep them away from the swamps. But I'm seriously like, do you really need an imaginary monster to keep you what out of Louisiana swamps? There's snakes? fucking armadillos in there, y'all. <laughs> like there's. <laughs> <laughs> There's Satanists and gators and armadillos and in the swamps and armadillos. So I don't need be afraid, me a right. to keep me out of the Louisiana swamps. But no, 
So that's another one. Don't listen to your parents. The Ruguru will get you. Um, counting apparently also pisses off the Ruguru oh because... God. Education? Does education <laughs> piss <laughs> the Ruguru Maybe, off? maybe. Um, because it says, so you can protect yourself against him if you lay 13 small objects outside your door. And usually it's like pennies if you put 13 pennies. So there, there's actually... But you have to whiskey? count in order to know that it's 13. Well, so here's the fucked. thing. Here's the thing. The Ruguru will see the 13 things try to count them and be unable to count them all. So it will get confused and it will keep recounting until the sun comes up and it has to run away. Wow. Because the Ruger is dumb as shit. Is like, a dumb ass. <laughs> exactly. So I think that gives us some insight into how to defeat the Ruger. Yes. But um, no, there, I think there's a bourbon or something called 13 pennies. Anyways, but um, that's a Ruger thing. Oh, now um, I know. Insiders. So, so what does the Ruger do to a person? Um, Oh, fucking tears them up. Right? Well, no, not in Louisiana. Okay. So lint oh, breakers, God. lint breakers get their blood sucked, but they don't die. Like that, we talked about that. Like you'll live off your blood for 101 days if you break lint. But um, I don't if, understand how that works. I don't either. But okay. you know, it's a it's a legend. I know. We I know. don't have to understand. But I was trying to make sense of it. If you see the Rougarou and you look into its eyes, you're not allowed to tell anyone. That you've seen it because if you tell someone and this is one I don't know some stories say like within 101 days and some stories say a year and a day if you tell someone in that time frame then you'll become the Rougarou oh. and um, the Rougarou can only become human again if it baits somebody into drawing its blood so like originally it was like it tries to get someone to shoot or stab it uh-huh. um, but then it just became like if it somebody draws blood at all so like its goal isn't to kill people it's to provoke them to attack it so like in one story the Rougarou comes to a boy in the form of like a big white asshole dog that like nips at the boy's heels incessantly until the boy turns around and like slashes it with a knife and I'm like let's avoid the mental health issues that are like imminent in this idea of the child turning around and slashing the fucking dog with a knife in the middle of the street but um oh never mind but then the dog turns into a man again because the boy slashes it right. and draws blood. But if the person who draws blood tells anyone about the Rougarou, then that person will okay, become so the Rougarou. This fucking sounds so fishy. So right? it's like, come with me, little boy, into the swamps and let me touch you. And if you say fucking anything... You're going to be... See, that's what I kept on thinking. I was like, this is all about keeping the silence. And it's kind of fucking freaky, right? It is fucking freaky. It's all about, like, you have to stay quiet for a year if you see something fishy. But you know what? I don't know, man. There are, like, some... I don't know. See something weird happen in Louisiana? Sometimes it might be better to keep your (laughs) fucking mouth shut. Exactly. You end up in one of the asylums, right? You see, I don't know, man. See somebody messing around in the swamp. But, um... So, anyway, so, like... In these stories from Louisiana, like, the worst thing the Rougarou can do to you is, like, make you the Rougarou, basically, you know? Um, and the, I this is the cool part. It's, like, it's not always a wolf. In Cajun culture, like, um, you get past, like, the surface-level internet legend of the Rougarou, and, like, people who are actually old Cajun Louisiana can talk about it, and they'll say the Rougarou isn't limited to just becoming a werewolf. So, like, you, they can, it can be, that story we just told, it turned into a white dog, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, it can be a pig, a cow, an owl. They have stories of all of these things being, so it's just kind of a shapeshifter. Weird. And then, um, in one article that I read, this woman said, quote, her late mother-in-law claimed she encountered the Rougarou in the form of an especially antagonistic chicken. 
<laughs> and I don't even care what came after that because I that yes, was that line that was itself it. was just the payoff, the complete payoff for the oh whole thing. My God. But um, so there's a book called Swapping Stories that was put out by the Louisiana Folklife Program, and there's a story that was told by Glenn again, you know, Cajun name Petrie <laughs> Petrie. I don't know from Longport, right. Louisiana. Um, and it had been passed down through families and the entire family was like oyster fishermen. Oh, and yum. so, um, if you're, and I didn't know this about like fishing oysters, but you pull up oysters, you pull them up in clumps and you have to break them out mm-hmm. of their clumps with a hatchet into right. single oysters cause you sell them single. So it like, it's a shit ton of work after you pull them up to right. get them ready to sell. So they would do this and like everybody would tie their boats up together at night and then they'd all stay in the fishing camp and go out the next morning. Man. So in Glenn's story, they started coming out in the mornings and finding that somebody else had culled all the oysters for them, had like broken them all apart, hmm. but it had eaten half of them. Right. And so it was good and bad because they didn't have to do as much work, but they lost half their catch. And so they were scared because they figured it, where they were in the swamps, if somebody had a boat, they would have heard it and nobody right. ever came up with a boat. So one guy stayed up one night to check and he woke everybody screaming bloody murder because he saw this massive hairy thing like jumping out of the boats and it ran off. And after that night, they didn't have people coming and calling the oysters at night anymore. So it must have been what had been doing it. Mm-hmm. But that guy started acting weird. And mm-hmm. he started telling people that wherever he was alone, this weird creature would come to him and like sit on his shoulder when he walked around or sit on his bed when what he was at home. Fuck? And it never hurt him, but it never left him alone. So he was like terrified of it for years. And then, like, he talked about it all the time. So everybody started to avoid him. And, like, children started following him around and, like, hitting him with shit and making fun of him. (laughs) And, like, because he was that crazy dude, right? Yeah, he was that crazy dude. And so, like, he walked around and he talked to himself all the time. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, everybody, but he's actually talking to the Rougarou that had transformed into an invisible being to, like, hang out with him all the time. And it was trying to, like, antagonize him into letting it loose so oh. like he got really old and he ended up having to walk with a stick and he was going down to the oyster docks one time and he tripped and his stick jutted up behind him it passed his shoulder and cut the rougarou oh. that nobody else could see and because he drew blood the rougarou was freed and it just disappeared because it was so old i guess at this right. point it didn't turn into anything else but the old man realized it was his only friend and he had only talked to it for his entire life at this point. So nobody else would have anything to do with him Be- because he was always talking to this Rougarou. So he had just like lost his only friend. Oh, that's so sad. And I was like, that's so sad. So that was the story that that's one of the. So it's like the Rougarou is actually kind of like a good guy in the story. Right. Like right? he he's, you know, he he's, shucked your oysters, he called your oysters for you. I know. Calf, so and then okay. like and he was this guy's best friend. So um, oh, and OK, guy. so the last little part is like whether the Rougarou is a cryptid or not, because it shows up on cryptid lists sometimes. Right. But I'm like, I think like. I don't think it should be called a cryptid because scientifically, I'm pretty sure we've proven that people can't just ship shape shift into other things. Like we cannot turn into antagonistic chickens if we want to. <laughs> and I think like the I think the rule with cryptids is you can't prove that they don't exist, right? So okay. I'm pretty sure we can scientifically prove that crypt that like shape shifting humans don't exist, mm-hmm. right? Can, can we not? We? I don't know because didn't the Native Americans have like skinwalkers who could shift into anything? But are they cryptids or are they myths? I don't know. I'm burping in the microphone. But well, some people do. So I guess it's an argument because some people do call it a cryptid. I think. And in, the, what? Well, say, it, say it, say it. Yeah. No, I'm. 
uh, fuck, I don't know. I think it's because the shape shift. I don't know. See, I don't know either because I think of cryptids and I think of like Sasquatch. I think of like wild creatures and normie, you know, the lake, right. like wild creatures that could exist, but just because you can't, you haven't found them. I think, I think what I'm struggling with here is that I don't believe in cryptids. Yeah, I don't so either. I, I think that they are things that we mistake for other things. I think so too. So I don't want to be, I mean, I, I do want to be all woo woo about it. And stuff, <laughs> I want to be all woo woo about this. <laughs> but because I'd like to, but like I said, I'm more fucking scared of the guy with two trailers smushed together. I know. Um, <clears throat> and maybe a rogue line that got escaped in France during, you know, a long time ago. That, I agree. That we explain things in weird ways. We do explain you know? things. So it's like, I, you know, I love the like, legend, but... You I'm know. thinking like centuries later, like, would we... Is, is somebody going to take this... We sh- take this, like, Arkansas like Dover Christmas murder story and like how do we monsterfy things right yeah. I mean you know I mean like and it's funny because okay that that wasn't the end of my story but the oh, rest of it I don't give a shit about so like this is more interesting to me that like because the tendency then like from what we're talking about used to be to take something that actually happened and to blame something imaginary for it right right and now the tendency tends to be like kind of we're more of a like a psychologically interested society here right. now and so i think we tend to take things like that have happened more recently like this like this dover massacre and my, I was saying when we were on break, like in between, you know, when we had to pee, like mm-hmm. in between stories, right? That all I want to do is find out what went on in this guy's head, right? Is like it's more the cycle, like what part of your brain is broke, and is it genetic? Yeah, or is it it just something happened to you, or is it both? Or and see, that's what's weird to me is like we've gone from like a take this situation. And, like, put the blame for it as far away as possible. Like, find some, like, scapegoat imaginary creature and put it on. And now we're taking it, and it's almost like, it's not like we're trying to absolve the person. No. But we're working so hard to figure out, like, we just desperately want to figure out, like, why? Why Why? do you do this? What what is wrong with you? Like, what makes you do this? It's it's not exactly so an opposite tendency. Maybe, yeah. But, yeah, it's, like, it's weird. It's, like, we just deal with trauma i maybe in in just a completely different way because maybe we talk more science now right and so that's the context we can work within you know what i mean right um, yeah no but i totally no i, I love like i said I, I love all the cryptids and i do think i do know for a fact no i don't know anything for a fucking fact i take that back <laughs> i know nothing for a fact um but we had some friends or a friend that was a railroad engineer mm-hmm. uh, in the South and on these smaller train lines that would run, you know, between these smaller rural towns. And some of the things that they would tell you, cause they are like in the fucking, like really truly middle of fucking nowhere, no roads through these, you know, different places that the train goes and the railroads go. Um, that they would see some fucked up shit like you know in the lights at night like you know they'd go th- like through these monster spider webs that would go oh from tree to tree that the engine would just blow through because you know nobody's been down that line for a while so Holy we'd shit. hear like all those stories and the south has 
Um, we have black pumas. We have like black mountain lions. I, huh. I, I don't know what you call them. Black jaguars, uh-huh. I guess. Um, I don't know like the, the different breeds and stuff. I know that we call like one thing, like five different names, like the mountain lions, yeah. the cougars and stuff. But we have like a black um, puma that lives in the South that hasn't been seen in a really long time. But this engineer would say that he would see them like running off the track. Oh, wow. When they would go through. And my, and my granddad has, has seen a black puma too. Uh, and I remember, I mean, just like, so stuff that we don't see every day because of like civilization mm-hmm. and our lives and technology and stuff. And we're all absorbed in ourselves. Um, and there's still like a lot of wild things out there that are just not around us because mm-hmm. they're surviving. Mm-hmm. You know, they get around us and of course we're fucking going to kill them. Yeah, that's true. Um, so there is like, you know, a black Jaguar, um, out in, in the South somewhere. And I still believe that they are, you know, but if you're in the fucking woods and you see one nowadays, you're like, what the fuck? Yeah. You know, what the hell is that? How do I explain this? How do I explain this? <laughs> yeah. And there's another, um, <laughs> There's another thing, like, when I was um, growing up in Mississippi, uh, my parents had some property. We called it the country. That's what we called it. Because it was really, like, out in the country. We had to, when I learned how to drive, I learned how to drive over a rural wooden bridge, like, where you had to, like, put your tires oh, yes. on, like, the two or three little boards. Those things are terrifying. Terrifying. Yeah. You talk about sweat and pressure. Um, but, you know, I was able to, that's how I learned how to drive, stick shift over a wooden bridge kind of thing in order to get to our property on the country. And this is where my parents had, like, these big gardens, you know, we'd go to, like, every other day or on the weekends and stuff where, you know, they'd plant and plow and pick, you know, corn and what what else? Corn, tomatoes, squash, all the good things. I love eating. (laughs) All the good things. Yes. All the good things. Of course I didn't appreciate it then, but that was the time that I got to like go out and explore and play in the woods and stuff. But one of the things that my mom always told me besides watch out for snakes, Mm -hmm. obviously, and it was (laughs) snaky because our property was like in a slough. So it was kind of swampy. Um, she would say, if you ever run across a wild boar or a wild pig, uh, she's like, you, she's like, don't run. She's like, but you get the fuck away from it, mm-hmm. basically, because they will fucking kill you. They'll eat you. And they yeah. will eat you. Yeah. And she's like ran across a wild boar before. Um, and I'm very interested in that. And actually, somebody suggested something that I may talk about in an upcoming episode um (laughs) regarding that but you know so there's these things in our distant past or 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 recent recent past (laughs) right that are kind of like the warnings that you get that i can totally see like making up the big pig monster you know or or whatnot or like a black puma or something you know that you run across you just you know, and you see it and your brain can't connect. So I get where all these stories come. I get where the cryptids come into play. But like my scientific brain is also like, yeah, well, it has a name and it's not, you know, from outer space, I don't think. You know what's weird? So like now all I'm thinking is like, okay, so the majority of the United States population 
isn't going to be faced with like wildlife dangers right. at the extent that they would have been in the past or that the extent that like medieval France was, right? Right. So like we aren't going to create new cryptids. We're not going to make up oh, good stories point. about like imaginary critters right. killing people, right? But, you know, in the 60s, we kind of conflated being afraid with being afraid of people with being afraid of werewolves. Like I was saying, like you use the werewolf as a metaphor for a rapist, right. you know, I mean, so we would do that, but like now I'm thinking, you know, I'm, I'm constantly railing against like our fear-based society. Like we are afraid of each other. Oh, yes. and you know, we, we're sitting Good here reason. telling these stories about like how fucked up we all are. Right. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, so maybe we are each other's cryptids, like to a certain extent, you know what I mean? I oh, mean, yeah. like anyone could be, Anybody could be the crazy murderer, you know, or you like, that's what you warn your kids against. Right. Mm -hmm. So we're talking about like your mom would warn you against going like a wild boar. I don't have to do that with my kids. Right. But you know what? I could warn them like I will warn them against sexual child predators that they may never run up against. And maybe they might develop an unnatural fear of because of, you know, of certain types of people because of like. I don't know. Maybe what I'm saying doesn't make any sense. No. I have had a lot of vodka. No, no, I totally, I totally get you. And like, if you've hung in with this thus far at an hour and 20 something minutes, we're way off script. We're way <laughs> off script. Kudos to you. Hardcore fan. We love you. Um, but yeah. So the thing that I'm constantly telling Max is like, if you are never, if you are without me and an adult comes to ask you as a child for help, Mm-mm. I was like, an adult will never need your help. Yeah. I was like, so fucking run. And then, yeah. So it's like, we come up with these personas and these situations that we warn our children about mm-hmm. that are, I believe back in the olden days or whatever, before, like we had like a true society or civilization as such that they were doing the same. They're like, don't be out in the woods at night. Don't be like fucking counting (laughs) 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 out loud. Don't, Don't let anybody know you're smart. Um, let's see. Don't break Lent or the church will be mad at you. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's like we're our own monsters now. We're we are. We have like, yeah, we are our own monsters. Wow. So we got deep, y'all. <laughs> we did. <laughs> I think, I think this is a good stopping point. I believe so. <laughs> we just need to cut it here. <laughs> All right. Well, follow us on all the things. I'm sure we have a canned thing that's going to tell you that in a second. Get yes. on our newsletter because otherwise you're not going to see the video of the you fucking weird the ass puppet show. Are the pictures. Yes, absolutely. So go to the website, uh, thestrangesouth.com. Sign up for our newsletter. We just want your email. We're not going to sell your... I got too much shit to do <laughs> in order so to creepy sell. To we just want your email. We just want your email. <laughs> um, right. No, no She's right though. Stuff. We ain't got time for we that shit. We ain't got shit. time for shit. <laughs> they, don't, they don't pay for emails. Otherwise, I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> She's like, I would throw y'all out. <laughs> yeah. y'all they paid me enough, but they don't. <laughs> they don't. So, um, y'all have a good weekend mm-hmm. and we will talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at thestrangesouthpodcast.com or on our website, thestrangesouth.com. Yes, thank you.